So welcome everyone to United Souls for a Divisive Generation. This is what we're going to be discussing today. And we already had the intro class, which discussed the concepts of being proactive versus being reactive. Uh, and we mentioned on the first intro class about being proactive, taking ownership of oneself. Whereas being reactive is blaming and victimhood. So in order to create a united soul experience that people should feel that they're, they're together with each other. They're not alone. They're not separate. A lot, a lot of the challenges right now during this Corona challenge, we've already gone through 2020 when we last spoke in the intro. And now we're already in 2021, a new year, which we're hoping will be a more open and together year, a year which is more unified and more united. So being that we still are continuing on this challenge and there is a physical separation, they call it social distancing, they call it a feeling of, you know, of loneliness. And the concept is that it's good to see why that, you know, my mother, she came on the video, she's got a very good mask on. That's what we're just talking about with the Corona things. But, you know, it's, it's very challenging, though, when you're in such a situation where instead of being able to see someone smile, I mean, luckily, my mother has a see-through mask, which is great because you can see her face. But um, not everyone has those nice see-through masks. But the concept is that we're not able to connect. We're not able to. Oh, you get them on Amazon. There we go. You know, able to connect in a physical sense as as was, as we know, you know, my family in the music business and entertainment industry, and it's all come to a halt pretty much other than what we can do online. That's why this community that Jeff Pulver created with Lauren and, and all the people here have given us an opportunity to connect a few times a week in different ways. And it's been really encouraging. And that online Zoom experience does fill the space a little bit. However, you know, we, we're doing our best. You know, they have all these live feeds like Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And as good as it is, it's an amazing technology and it's very much appreciated. But it's also a big challenge. And what we have to realize is that rather than being a victim, we have to take it into our own hands, take ownership of ourselves and figure out ways how we can still be connected and united. So, for example, with the family that are in our presence and we are, thank God, allowed to be around. So then we really have that's like our main relationships right now. So, for example, you know, if for my father and mother, they pretty much just the two of them or say you have a wife and, you know, and with and a bunch of children like I have. So then in each situation, the the challenge will be how to enhance those relationships how to now really focus in on the people that are in front of you in your life and to really unite with them. And instead of rather being reactive and saying, oh, you know, this is so terrible or complaining or blaming it on the politicians or the doctors or, or the Chinese, you know, because apparently, you know, they say that it came from there, which we're not allowed to say. But the point is, rather than blaming, we don't go the blame game. We go the way of of being proactive and creating a more united feeling in the world. And that's this, this continuing in this year already, we've seen a lot of divisiveness in the polit political sense. 
And it's very sad that it started already that way. But the amazing opportunity is that we as individuals can still find communities where there is not, not politics, there isn't um, religious differences, there's just an opportunity to communicate and unite. And that's why when I've been talking about this is one of the paths that we're going to discuss is to understand that we have a godly soul, uh, a soul, a, a being that exists within us, that's a positive presence within us being, and it's our essential self. And once we know that we have that essential self and that other people also have that, that we're never actually disconnected, even though physically it feels that way, we're always united. Like the concept between the love of a father and a son, or a mother and a son, or a father and a daughter, mother and a daughter, there's always that love, that connection, or a wife and a husband, there's a certain love that goes beyond time and space. So where's that come from? So the way we're going to explain it in United Souls is it comes from the souls. It comes from the soul level. And the more we understand what that soul level is, the more we can be proactive and be less reactive. That was pretty much the main focus of how we discussed the intro to United Souls. And to remember that there were many, many people who discussed this concept of being proactive. For example, Viktor Frankl and other people who went through the Holocaust or other crazy um, tragedies in history, much worse than what we're going through right now, that they were able to constantly rise above their situation as hard as it was and as painful as it was. And they were able to reach a mindset and space that gave them the ability to tune into that, that proactive mindset, that they didn't have to get stuck in the environment that they were in, which was terrible and pain-filled, but they were able to choose with their mind how to, how to approach each situation. Like we just had um, a, a guest on my weekly studio class called Mayor Kay. He's from LA. He's a young influencer that, thank God, I had the ability to connect with. And the way I actually met him was, was tremendous um, serendipity or divine providence. I went to LA with my artist Nissen Black. And we were, we were doing a very busy schedule there with back-to-back -back shows and meetings. And I was messaging on and off this, this Mayor K guy on my WhatsApp, like, I hear you're in LA, you just got back from Kenya. Well, I've just arrived from Jerusalem and we're here for a few days, we've got to meet. But it was, you know, I was getting, the schedule was very busy, it wasn't going to happen. But we, I said, we'll have to make a time. And it was coming up to the, the Sabbath, the Shabbat, and that meant I couldn't be online anymore. So I wasn't likely to meet him. And I get out of the car just as we're about to get ready to go to our next place for, for the Sabbath. And standing there in the whole of LA, in the one place that we go to and we're staying at, there is Mayor Kay standing in the street. And I'm just finished messaging, how are we going to work this out? And I look up and there he is. And we were like, wow. Anyway, so now that was a few years ago. Here we are in Jerusalem during Corona Challenge. And he's not here. He's in L.A. again. And how am I going to bring him in? So I, I hit him up and we'll do a Zoom. So we did a Zoom show. It was for an hour and it's already had over 25,000 views. And that's already just this within a week or so. And it's already, you know, on, in, on podcasts and, and other channels as well. And it's going to grow, hopefully, the class. And the content was very positive, very uplifting. And he mentioned... Um, a Holocaust survivor, another one called Dr. Um, I think her name Edith Edgar. She was an, a very well-known lady who just put out a book recently, even though she's in her 90s. 
And that's why, I mean, that's a lesson. It's never too late to put out your content. She wrote a book in her 90s, and she basically explained to, to Mayor Kay on his podcast and also to another podcast was um, Lewis Howes, how you don't have to be pulled down by your Holocaust situation, by your pain-filled situation. You can be proactive. She mentioned that it's your choice. And when it's coming from a lady like that in 2020, and 2021, and she's saying that after what she went through, and she's not only that, throughout her life, bringing that all the way till now, till in her 90s, she's putting out a book. And you can see that this is a real concept. It's not just like a, a theoretical idea, but the soul can overcome, and she herself mentioned this, the soul can overcome the pain and the, and the challenge that's in front of you and give you ability to still be connecting. And she was able to do that even in the Holocaust and even till now in her old age to be connecting with these young influencers and put out beautiful interviews and words of wisdom and, con and content. And this is the kind of you know, united souls that we're the, and, and role models that we're looking at. Now, me personally, I'm, during this Corona Challenge, I've already put together a 70-page book, which I have here. I'm very excited to show and it's all printed out and you know thank god it's it's on a nice word file nowadays you can just you know edit it and thank god you know it's so clever the the up-to-date systems that they constantly edit your grammar and everything so hopefully it's at a good quality language as well obviously i need to get it to an editor and a publisher and maybe by then i think i'll write another 10 or 20 pages um but my goal would be by the summer to have this published. And when did I start it? In the previous summer during the Corona Challenge, because we all had a bit more time, less traveling, you know, ability to, at the end of the day, to sit down and write. And it, it's just exciting that I was able to, uh, to put together a book during this time. And I think that's another example of being proactive and not reactive. Now, today's class, what I wanted to get to now we've gone through the intro, and this is part one of the United Souls, Really, it's the second part of the course, but we're trying to, you know, do the course, which is really a 10-part course in six sessions. Today, we're talking about making a mission statement on values, goals, dreams, with all the realities we face. So the point is that everybody can make their own mission statement. You know, if you have a company, like uh, my father has a company, event merchandising, yeah? So that, in its name already, is some form of mission statement. And hopefully on some level you form some sort of sentence or, or value system that your company represents, what it's providing. And it's the same with you know, my company, United Souls, or Unity Inspires Projects. The name for itself stands very much on, on the mission statement of what it's all about, bringing people together, undoing the divisive nature of our generation, creating more unity and inspiration and projects. Even in my book, I actually depicted that if you would take the words unity, inspires, projects, they come out in three concepts, thoughts, creative expression, and actions. So unity is connected to the idea of the realm of thoughts, that on the thought level we can unify. In creative expression, that's going to, the goal is to inspire people, and actions is to, to do projects, to actually create real projects like music events online, or this, this Zoom community that we have, this educational program, to do real projects that actually bring about a more unified experience. And that's why I named my 
brand, Unity Inspires Projects, and my book, United Souls. So the mission statement in itself, it gives you a certain goal towards and how to channel your energy and dreams. But as we wrote here, there's values, goals, and dreams. It's not just values, it's not just goals, it's also dreams. Because I, I talked this out with my, with my wife, my soulmate, and she said that it's really important to understand there's different levels. That on an intellectual level, you're going to have your goals and what you want to do. But on an emotional level, you're going to want to work out what your value system is, what you stand for, right? what, what is your guiding principles in life. And that's important. I was writing in my United Souls book that once we get to this stage, and I'm going to talk about it more, I have a weekly class. Uh, usually it's on a Monday, but tomorrow it's going to be on a Wednesday. And I just checked last week's class went to over 20,000 views. So people are watching, thank God. And last week's one was more about, once again, being proactive, because I'm sort of going through my classes right now, the same concepts as the course, just it's being done in a more... Uh, context of Amuna, because that's Amuna means intrinsic belief. It's a more Torah context. Here we're trying to be more universal and keep the concepts more relatable on a universal level, not just on a more Jewish level. Um, being that I'm a Jew, that that's important to me to keep it um, Jewish when I teach on my for my general Jewish um, aimed audience. But when I'm talking generally for the world, the concepts have to be kept universal. So over here, we're discussing in a more universal sense, because really to be able to unify with people, we have to make sure that the communication is clear, that everybody can understand the terminologies you're using. So we'll get back to this concept of soul level, and that soul level is where your values, goals come from. Now, there's another aspect of dreams. So that I would say would be what you like really hope for like your, your aspirations, what you believe is possible. And, and in order to live your dreams, you really have to dream. A lot of people, unfortunately, at some point, they, you know, life can get difficult or it's challenging. Right now, a lot of people's dreams, I suppose, have been seemingly squashed because, you know, they can't be as active as they would like, can't travel. Like me personally, I would hope by now I'd have an active, busy Unity bookings agency and instead, like I'm doing classes on Zoom, and thank God my artist, I was mentioning before to Lauren, I'm able to get them, you know, out and about with permission. And, you know, I've got paperwork for my artist, Nissan Black, to be able to go to Yeshiva uh, program to speak there. And I got paperwork for this week for him to go get an interview by a big website magazine. I had to get paperwork done. So it's a little bit more of a headache. But the point is, things can still be done. And as my father very much knows, and, and, you know, there is efforts being made. How can we get the music business and the entertainment world back into action with this situation rather than once again um, being reactive and saying, oh, blaming and fetching and, you know, complaining rather. What can we do to actually and how can the government actually, which maybe would be a bit more of a miracle that they'll get an act together. But the point is, how can they make situations where thing, events can still go on on a larger level. And now, is that a dream? Right now, it does feel a bit like a dream. But the point is, you have to keep living the dream. And with that, eventually, those dreams will manifest. You have to keep the optimism and that hope that the things you dream about, like once again, having large events, like I was just watching 21 Pilots perform at Reading Festival. And it was amazing. 2019, the lights, the effects. I mean, back in my day when I went to a festival 20 years ago, whatever, 
It was no way on such a level like we're in now. But the point is that it, the quality of the events is just another level, like the, the visual and the, the quality of the sound and the experience and the amount of people they can bring together. It was, it's unbelievable. The only problem is this was. Is it going to be again? Who knows? So what would be a dream for a person to have? So I had a dream, even before this all happened, is that there'll be the power to stream in such a way, maybe through virtuality, VR, or some sort of AI, or some sort of experience which is very palatable, very experiential, maybe through sensors and sen however technology is going to go, and through using different, you know, avatars and apps, so that people can actually tune into an experience like a Zoom class or a, or an event, a concert, where it's almost manifesting on such a level where as if you're there. Maybe it's still lacking. It's not. Maybe it's never going to be fully the full experience, but at least on some level, there'll be tools and ways of experiencing an event physically where you feel like you're with the musicians. And I have seen some of Jeff's music events here. If the person's really got a good sound setup, that it's almost as good as a concert, and and it's from the comfort of your own house. So there is such a an ability to dream and to 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 wish for these kind of experiences. But really, ideally, ideally, I'm dreaming personally for the return to where we have in-person concerts. But how does this connect to what my course, the United Souls? The reality is, on a soul level, we're always connected. That's the truth. There always isn't a soul experience. That's why personally, if I give a class, and I remember I mentioned this last time, if I gave a class in front of one person, it would still be worthwhile. So nowadays you can record it. So it's not, even if it's one person, you can then put it online and people can watch in and there's live feeds and there's this and there's that. So you can take a class that's done in the context of one person and really it can go out to 10 to hundreds to thousands, like I mentioned before, my own classes are going out generally between 10 to 20,000 people each class. So then it feels very fulfilling. They were not, you know, my podcast is going out to hundreds of people. It feels like you're accomplishing something and that's really important. Um, but at the same time, on a soul level, you are accomplishing. You are touching base with people. There is ability, to, it's, it's a little bit deep and mystical, but the reality is that we really are all united, they all come back from one source of humankind, one original human, and we all source on the higher levels back to the same source level of creation. Like the way we can explain it in a more simple sense, but like back in the day when you went to a cinema and they had a projector, and the projector would put the light through the film and it would come out on the screen. So the idea that everyone on the source level goes back to that original light and it goes through the film, which is all the different filters that, you know, manifest all the different realities of, of, of creation, of people and, and, and different things. And then it comes out onto the screen as a whole other reality of, of a whole film, a whole experience, a story. So it looks very separate by the time it gets to the film screen. But the point is on the source level, it's all just light. So if we understand on a spiritual level, there is a light that we all source back into. Like an example between a father and a son, since my father's here, the idea that the father had his original thought when he, when he was creating the child, that original thought to connect with his wife and bring down that soul, that original thought goes back to his father's original thought of him, and back to the original father of his father, all the way back to the first father, and so too with the first mother who was 
also creating that first thought of wanting to be the, the, the vessel for that soul to then form the baby that would then create the child and the person. Now, it's very important to know that these classes and these courses are meant to be interactive. So it's not just going to be me talking. So, you know, I, I'd like to now just pause for a minute before if we can get to one more point, we will. But if my father, who's the main person here, would you like to say something on everything I've said, something that's relevant and uh, to the point as my father? What would you say about unity and soul? Being, having a mission statement, having goals, having values. Where's it come from? Gold. It, huh? Goal, goals are, are important, very important. Also, living in the real world, not a fantasy world, is important. And be making sure that uh, everyone around you is looked after. Hundred percent. So. I agree 100%, and I, I do feel that one of the ways we can look after people is by creating an experience where people feel connected, meaning like that in itself is a need. People need to feel connected, and in order to, to provide that ability to connect with people, like, for example, on my, my weekly uh, classes and with the rabbi as well that we have on Sunday night, there's literally like, I reckon about 20, 30 people reaching out with questions, like real serious questions or feedback. And then there's all the people before and after who want to speak to the rabbi. And then there's the people who connect to the guest. So there's that feeling of creating a platform for people to connect to, even when physically we can't be there in person, but at least online, there's a connection. So that connection in itself is interesting. What is it? What is interesting? Yeah. The fact that we're talking virtually through a phone or through a computer. Do do you think more people are getting involved, or less people than if it was a live a live um, conference or a live meeting? I do think I do think there's there's it's a good question. There's the there's the uh, plus side that in a certain level you can reach, have a greater reach. Like I said, if I would do a class in person, uh, I'd be lucky to get 10, 20 people here in Jerusalem. If the rabbi did a yeah. class, the rabbi I work for did a class in person, he could get maybe 200 people. And then when we do it online, he can get 20,000 people. Yeah. Or one of the classes went yeah. 60 or 80,000 people. But the thing is, the quality of the experience is the, that's the negative side that it's the minus side is that the quality of seeing the physical person and us physically going and meeting with people in person. We had the Zoom meetings, for example, when we went, uh, we did a tour, an online tour of Toronto. Now, when we go to Toronto in person, we have a class, say, of three, four hundred people and they buy books and they all come and talk to the to the guest speaker, the rabbi afterwards. And then I organized that everyone should have a time with him, 10, 15 minutes each over the next few days. And then that's another few hundred people meeting with him. That experience is much more profound than what we managed to do, which was online. And we did the class for an hour. And there was about, you know, like I said, it went out to 25,000 people, that class. And, and specifically the Toronto community watched it. And then we had for the next few days, people zooming in and we even got one or two more we need to catch up on that we're missed out on. So there is that zoom experience and they talk to the rabbi, but it's, I, 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 
presume it's not free. I presume yeah, the, for the pay. for the private meetings, I have to pay. So they have to pay for that yeah. meeting. You know, that's the that's another thing is charging people for these online uh, meetings. But it's you don't one you don't charge as much. That's one point. Yeah, because you know it's not the same quality as actually sitting with the person in, in, in and being face to face. And also people themselves, what I feel is that they, they don't want as much time, meaning they're not able to be yeah. as open. Like when we're, when we're, when I literally had to drag, not like physically, but I had to really be stern with people that they need to leave the meeting when it was in person, you know, you 50 minutes up, I'm really sorry, but we're on a tight schedule, got a flight to catch to get to New York or Miami or wherever we were going at the different tours. And, you know, I have to say to the people, please, you know, we have another person waiting, another 10 people waiting. But now with Zoom, it's like, you know, so what? And then people like themselves want to leave the meeting quicker because they, that that feeling isn't there as much. Like I said, now, will there be technology that will help assist, that will make it more uh, a real face-to-face -face experience through like a mask or some sort of sensual like you can almost smell and sense things maybe they'll through vr or other ways they'll be in a way to to have much more VR, you could do it through VR. yeah maybe there is and VR, maybe yeah. maybe that's the next step so the, but the point is to manifest that kind of experience is going to take a lot of of, of thought and technology and and i still think it's going to fall short of the in-person experience so that's why long term we're going to have to figure out real ways of getting life back to normal but we have to dream it we have to pray for it we have to want it we shouldn't just give up and say no this is just how life's going to be forever i think that's a mistake because this isn't how mankind humankind womankind i don't think this is how we were meant to manifest relationships ideally like you know we were meant to have um group experiences in person and we're meant to smell and sense and hear real music and smell real, you know, whatever the smell is and, and taste and and look at real physical experiences. You know, I think that's we're going to have to get back to that on some level. But the point is to understand that there's also an emotional level and there's also a soul level that there are ways to connect on a soul level. And that I feel is still happening. There are people still reaching out like next week we're having a artist come from la he's flying to la this week and he's zooming into our studio now why does he want to zoom in to speak to the rabbi his name's asaf goran yeah he just did a song with boy george i think i sent you his information yeah he just did a song it's a nice song called um, something rainbow something uh, but it's a very it's a very good art he's a very good artist very cool guy cool israeli and he's gone back to la and we're honored to have him come, you know, through Zoom. But it, the point is it, that it was much easier for me to organize knowing right now if he was when he came back to Israel, he had to go into a hotel for quarantine. And then while he was here, like it, the, the, we went and went into lockdown as soon as he came out. So there's never really been a situation that we could bring him in person for the last month or so. Before that, he was in he wasn't even in the country yeah. So. Cool. He was, I think he got stuck in, he was in London for a while with Boy George, he did an event there, but once again, it was an event where you couldn't do it with people, it had to be done online, yeah, so I think he did it at Wembley Arena, but without the crowd, yeah, which is such a shame, right. such an opportunity, and it was without the crowd, but the concept is that we, you know, I, for me personally, I'm having now the opportunity to bring him 
to our studio and to have a Zoom experience. And once again, the, the value system is, my value system is I want to connect with people. That's my value. I want to keep good communication. I want to network. I want to keep, and if I don't have Jeff Pulver's breakfast in person, but I do have Jeff Pulver's Zula online in a Zoom community. So I have that at least. And if I don't have the, the ability to get together with this musician in person and have a large event in New York or wherever it is in LA, but we're going to Zoom him in. And that's still better than yeah. nothing. And the value system is still applied. And my goals of creating more unity and uni unifying souls. So each person really the, the, the core, the homework would be is for them to sit down and write down what are my goals? What are my values? And what are my dreams? And once you've written down a very clear, short mission statement, so you can work step by step to getting to that reality in whatever scenario and reality you're in. So even if like we so, mentioned, hang a minute. what is your, what is your mission station statement? Who are you unifying? My goal is to unify everyone, the souls of the world. And that would become through whatever project, whatever, ever methodology I can do it, writing a book, putting out music, making events, making speaking events, creating content that's relatable and universal, joining together, collaborating with other people, with their projects, creating more and more unity initially amongst my own community, for example, the Jewish community, or on a larger scale between Jews and Arabs. Right now, there's a large um, opportunity to communicate more with the Arab world, thanks to all the different peace agreements going on, and to scale that to the general world, you know, it's, it's, these are opportunities that are happening in front of us. Like, example would be a guy called Peter Sanatello. He just put up, he's a YouTuber, and he's doing journalism in a very non-judgmental, no agenda, no politics way. And it's very authentic, and it's really resonating with everyone who watches him. And he's building up a big following. Right now, he's doing the Jewish community. The Jewish community are amazed in how pure his journalism is and the non-Jewish world, the Islamic world and all the other, you know, religions and other kinds of people who are tuning in are very like happy to see such a non-opinionated, non-agenda insight to a community that they didn't know much about. And they just heard from the media, very um, divisive um, uh, agenda. And a very, the, the, the problem is the narratives of the media become very divisive. So when you've come along with a journal, journalist who's not going to be divisive. Another example is Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's a podcast right now, and he is long form, and he's probably more popular than everyone. Yeah, probably the leading podcast in the world right now, as far as I know, even more than uh, Brene Brown, who came along and did very well creating a following. But I still feel with her, she still does have some sort of narrative like with some of the guests she's had and the way it's been discussed. Whereas Joe Rogan's trying to keep the narrative when he has his opinion, but in the end, he's got such a range of people and the way the long form discussion goes. And it's it, for me, it's just very fulfilling to see that you can have a discussion that doesn't have to end up, well, vote this person or vote that person or, um, you know, or t say an opinion on a certain community to this or that. And it gives you room to to develop your own ways of thinking and, and to learn more in a, in a more objective way. And that's the kind of mission statement that I'm resonating with. And, and thankfully during this year, I found a lot of 
thank uh, people out there who resonate are resonating with it. Do I have access to Joe Rogan at this point? No. Do I have access to this Peter Sanatello? Yes, because he's very, the main Jewish guy that he's doing these these videos with. Shlomi Zions was on my show. So the main person he's working with, and I've already discussed how amazed I am with him, and I've sent a few messages, is he was on our show talking about the same thing. And we had behind on the on the green screen, we had videos playing from him in, you know, in, in Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates. And we had videos in the background of him as a Hasidic Jew dancing with Arabic Jews in their countries and making peace and communicating and having normal discussions and positive experiences. And this kind of unity focus, I think, for me, it's definitely worthwhile. And the good news is that the rabbi I work for, because he talks mostly about one thing, which is a munah, which is intrinsic belief, that also is a universal uh, concept and value and goal that everyone in the world can connect with. So it doesn't get in the way of any of my day 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 job because it, it resonates the concepts of unity with having a universal principles that everyone relates to. So what the rabbi is trying to teach is not making any divisiveness as well. So we've had every kind of different Jewish sects on our show and eventually we should definitely have, uh, we did have one non-Jewish uh, guest, his name Ben Ben Blackwell came on um, he's from somewhere in, in, in Tel Aviv or near Tel Aviv and he himself, he, he's called part of the Hebrew Israelites, but they're not Jewish and he had a very positive experience on the show and I, I think long term we'll have more people like that um, but the concept is that, you know, it's, we're still at the beginning stages, you know, but the, the, and I'm still at the beginning stages of my projects but the, the space now is there to create unity. I'll, I'll say one more thing that Joe Rogan brought up that during the um, election process in America, there was a party called Unity 2020. And it basically got shut down by big tech media because um, what they were trying to do was create some sort of third party voice which would unify everyone and the establishment didn't want it. So obviously it's not going to be an easy journey to create unity on a practical sense because there are big agendas and big big um, narratives out there but the key is once again if you're not being reactive but rather you're being proactive and you're focusing on what you're on the soul level that in the end even the person with the agenda has a soul and if you can communicate to him truly in a sincere way hopefully their soul will resonate with the message of unity on a truer way and hopefully the agenda won't block the relationship that you can create with people now if it does block the relationship so then you know to move on. You don't stay with that person if they're not interested. And then that in itself is a good way of working out who are the people you want to connect with in your, in your life. And that in itself saves you a lot of time because now you're already filtering through people who are resonating with your mission or not. And if they're not resonating with your mission, so don't, don't, don't waste time with those kind of personalities. You know, like I, I recently had someone I made a collaboration album for, for, for ladies and, um, you know, uh, it's called United Souls Key. And I ended up only being two musicians, but they're very good quality songs. And I'm very happy with it. There was going to be a third musician, but I just didn't feel that uh, the certain conversations that came up just before the release date that was resonating with our mission of what I wanted to do it was getting two um, 
too much technical technical uh, obstacles without going into too much details. And I, I just felt like it wasn't the right time for a, a collaboration with that person at the end of the story. And so that that was it. I just I, I had a release date. I cancelled that release date and I re-released it before it came out. I re-released it with just two artists instead of three. And now I feel totally happy with the people who are on it. And there doesn't have to be any extra headache um, with, you know, with any uh, issues of difference of opinions and stuff. So sometimes unity sometimes means not to work with that person and move on to the people that are more resonating with what you're talking about. And uh, I think that is a, a good game plan for, you know, what my mission statement is and generally for anyone with any company or dream that you have to find the people that will resonate. And that's this community, say, for example, with Jeff, I've only felt people resonating with what my message and that's why I'm continuing to come here. And I do believe that his platform, the Pulver Redo, Pulver EDU, will grow. I do think it, the, the ability to educate people and a more unified message will grow. And, and so too with all our Amuna you know, platforms that I'm busy working on uh, on a daily level. Um, my third point, I just wanted to get to the third part of the course before we end off today. So we did two parts and, and we summed up the intro is the and this is all in Stephen Covey's words, part of the private victory, meaning you can't get public until you've got your private world sorted out, your personal world, meaning your family, your your sphere of influence in front of you. You can't really go unify with a larger world. And that's why I don't think I've been ready yet until recently to start really going more public is because you first have to get your family life at a good place, your value system. You have to know what your mission is. It, take, it can take people time. Like I'm 40 and I only feel like I'm getting to understand really what my mission is. Um, so, you know, there's no rush. You've got to just, you've got to go with the flow and, and work hard to figure out what is your purpose, what, what you're here to do. So once you've got to that clarification, now you've got to put it into your life. And this is the third thing, how to be more effective and focused when we face so many distractions and uncertainties. So this third point in Stephen Covey's words is time management is, is becoming more effective. That's his whole, his whole book is called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So how to be more effective with your use of time and how to plan your schedule so that your goals and dreams can actually start to manifest. Now, what happens if you have distractions and uncertainties? What do you do when that's happening? Yeah, and that is going to happen on a real way. You're going to have things that are going to, you know, right now uh, with being online, that can also be a distraction. You can waste a lot of time on Netflix or whatever it is, Amazon Prime, whatever you're watching. Yeah, you can like binge, you know, endless episodes of something and and waste days and days or you could be addicted to a game you know a, the gaming world or you know i'm sure there's always time for all this everything has a positive outlet um in its right time like for me personally as i've spoken about with the jeff pulver community and in our zulas and stuff i mentioned that my safe space is at the end of the day and i other than writing my book i also um have the opportunity to Thank God to, to, to chill with my wife. And, and that is a time where we will give an hour or so to just watching stuff like the blog of um, the vlog of Peter Sanatello. I'll watch that then. But that in itself, you know, will resonate. The content I'll choose will resonate with what I'm working on anyway. I'm not going to just choose some like 
hate-filled you know drama because that's not my mission and i wouldn't enjoy it anyway so i'm going to watch stuff generally that you know i watched a documentary last night that joe rogan recommended on um on the whole icus i think it's called icusus the whole uh russian um sports world doping and how that was exposed very interesting documentary on netflix i think 700 million people have watched it already and that's only been on three years so that shows you the power of these platforms, but the key is not to get distracted by them, just to get out what you need from them, be effective with what you do with them and not get an endless you know, time drain on your schedule. And then you can start getting, like we're doing here, is having an hourly basis, different times in your day for a different Zoom meeting or a different projects. I have the end of the day to write my book or time to pray, meditate, whatever that is, whatever your schedule, whatever's important to your values and goals, to manifest it in different times of the day as a schedule. And I have, thank God, a very strong schedule. And I've just added to it recently um, that I go jogging with my wife um, in the morning, three mornings a week. Um, thank God, Sunday, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. She's the one who gets up early and it wakes me up, thank God, at like quarter to six. By around after 6.15, we're already out on the road and she's in a much fitter state than me. So she runs off ahead and I sort of, you know, meet her as she comes back and we go back together. But the point is that that's added a whole new dimension. It's taken off um, an hour of sleep, but given me an hour of more time with my wife and exercise. And it gives us that beginning of the day. These are just examples everyone can figure out themselves. But that's what I've chosen to do. And it's hopefully will mean I'll be more fit. And I'll start those three that I already did today. We were up already at quarter to six. And personally, I really didn't sleep well last night. I had a mosquito on my ear and I killed one. And then again, I had another mosquito on my ear. And it's the, winter, the middle of the winter. And I'm like, what are mosquitoes doing coming in my ear in the middle of the winter? Because it's so hot right now in Israel, thank God, for a winter that the mosquitoes are still hanging out in my ear. Anyway, so the point is that, yeah, but the point is that you have to be effective. Yeah, I can hear. There's one here. There's one here. <laughs> now, in England, I'm sure it's cold enough that there's no mosquitoes by, by at this point. Yeah. But um, anyway, so just to, to end off this third point of my course in the, second, uh, the first part of after we already had the intro, is that you have to know what's good for you. You have to set boundaries, be emotionally healthy, physically healthy, financially healthy, spiritually healthy. All these ask different quadrants of your life uh, to get them effectively, prior, in, a, in a clear way, organized and prioritized exactly what you need to be focused on. For example, Stephen Covey... Hang on a minute. Yeah. That's one word that you brought up which you need to concentrate. Don't take on too many things at once. Oh, that's true. That's very true. That That is a statement. That is a statement from the Talmud which says... If you try to grab everything, you end up with nothing. So it's, it's a famous Gemara in the Talmud. Faster, Maruba, Lota, faster, Klum. That's Aramaic for you. I just spoke to you some Aramaic. And if, if you want, I can speak to you some Yiddish also. But the point is that if you grab too much, you end up with nothing. So that is definitely true. And that is, that is a challenge, for example. I have my day job, and then I have my artists, and then I have you know the the will to do all these projects 
and write a book and everything and do the music stuff. So that's why, for example, I limited how many artists I had on this first, this second collaboration album, because I knew the third one would be too, too much. And then example with these Zooms, as much as I want to be at every single Jeff Palver event, sometimes I've got to just say bye bye. My wife needs me, my kids needs me. Or so too with, uh, you know, with the family, the family right now today, it was Zalmi's birthday and I've got work. I've got to I've got to turn up and eat a piece of cake like I did, and you know dance a little bit and be there for the children and my, my wife, and there's there's moments for everything so that you don't end up like you said with nothing because if a person's overly working so then you lose your family if you're overly family or laying around being lazy then you lose your business you you got to keep everything balanced and effectively organized in time and that's why i said it's really important at the beginning of the day to start off early and you know, with uh, with a clear mind of what your goals are of that day and that mission statement and to have a schedule and then to end the day f with whatever something you enjoy just to end it with some 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 sort of personal sanctuary time safe space to just be with whoever you love and just to enjoy that end of, end of daytime and for me writing a book has been really enjoyable because it puts together all my thoughts and and makes sense of what I'm what I'm trying to build with my life and that that it, whatever it works for each person everyone's got it some you know my wife just did a beautiful picture for the salon for the lounge she did three beautiful paintings and you know she stuck it up on the wall and it's very nice and my daughter's been doing art as well and all this kind of creative uh space that's been given to us is really important to get more effective because if it's all the time grinding then you burn out um and if it's all the time um you know faffing around being creative and hippie then you don't get stuff done so you, you it's getting that balance and that is the being a more effective in your schedule and that, i think that we, we pretty much finished today's united souls concept because the idea is that if you get all these three concepts down of being proactive like stephen covey says and you get the concept of mission statement, you have your goals, your values, your dreams, I add that in, the dreams, and then you have your third aspect of now, what do you do with all that? You put it into an effective schedule with prioritization of what's important and what's not important, and knowing what to filter, what's, what's a distraction, what's necessary, and you live that kind of life on a daily level, things will get accomplished, and not only that, your private level, your on a personal level, you'll be a more happy, fulfilled person. But the only thing is, if you don't come back to the next class, then you're going to miss the next point, which is now, how do I get that outwards to other people? How do I share that on a public level that they can change the business culture around you? You know, working in Israel to try change the business culture around you is a very big challenge, very hard. Um, you know, with the managerial stories and the, the way that the employment industry, maybe there's, thank God, a lot of startup um, companies where it's much easier to then, you know, create a more healthy uh, culture. But any of the old school models definitely need um, need, a, need a lot of, you know, <laughs> refreshing, re refreshment on. So, someone asked me, who are you a student of? Um, so someone's been watching one of my videos. So who am I a student of? So I would say I'm definitely a student of my father who's joined us on the Zoom, but I'm also a student of Jeff Pulver and Lauren Pulver. I've definitely learned a lot from them and Lauren more recently because I didn't know her so much. Um, but then I'm also a student of, thank God, of 
of amazing rabbis and rabbonim who I've learned with over the years. I'll just say a few names for anyone who recognizes them. I'm a rab- I was a student of um, Rav Simeon Zilberberg, who my father had the pleasure to meet. I was a, a student of the Kalava Rebbe and uh, many other rabbonim at that time, but now more recently a student of the Tolna Rebbe, and he's a rabbi in Jerusalem, and also Rav Shalom Arush, who, is, who I'm working with, thank God, and we've, I get the pleasure of sitting next to him on a weekly level and hear from him and traveled with him, and I get the first-hand relationship with him, and it's really encouraging that, you know, that I'm blessed to learn from such holy people, but I would say I'm also a student of my wife. My wife teaches me more than I can imagine, you know. She's, she's uh, all the time helping me grow, and that's what a good soulmate does. They, they challenge you, they, they push you to the next level of how you become a more selfless, giving person, and, and, the, and then all the principles, everything we spoke about before, you can't unify with anyone if you're not united with your wife or your husband or your, or your loved ones. You can't unify. It's very easy to, you know, people talk about unity, like, I'm, you know, Biden or Trump or all these people out there. They talk about unity. And in England, Boris and all these other people, everyone talks about unity. It's like a nice, nice word to, to throw around, you know. But to actually make unity in your personal life is the first things first. If you can do that in your and unify with yourself even, like to take care of yourself and your, to understand who you are and what your, what your purpose is, then you can unify publicly. And that's what we're going to get into the next few parts of, these, of this course, United Souls course. We're going to get into how to do that on a public level. And I think that that, that will be very purposeful. But everyone who needs, needs to listen to this one first, because you have to get the first three stories done. You have to be able to first be proactive, to be a kind, giving person, to know that that the life is not about reacting, it's about it's about going out there and doing what's good, being a good person. And then the second point, a mission statement, knowing what your goals and values. And the third point is to now put it into real life, to make it into real into your business schedule, into your home schedule, into your health and fitness, emotional schedule, spiritual schedule, everything to earn. Those three points, if you get that down on a private level, then we can go to the next part of the public level. And that's where we're holding today. Okay. Thank you for joining in. Oh, my goodness. It was an amazing class. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you, Lauren. We're looking forward to get the many, many people listening. Please, God. As time goes on, it's just the beginning. Joe, you got one one point I'll bring up. Don't be too repetitive. True, true. Yeah, you're right. That is your that is one of your downfall. Do not try to kind of itemize what you're talking about rather than repeating yourself because people get fed up with it. Okay, good. So I, I accept that and good advice and we'll <laughs> keep it to itemized non-repetitive content how's that sound make sure you got some, you got a few notes you can look at yeah i do, do you have... lots of notes lots um, of notes and a whole book which you guys are going to have to read at some point <laughs> um i have to run because i have another class starting in amazing